I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Sean Reed. We have a football game to be played on Sunday. The season opener is here. The Raiders will be heading to Carolina. Deshaun will be joining them in Carolina to watch them take on the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey, uh, a whole new coaching staff and a team that, you know, a lot of uncertainty about the Panthers there. But how fired up are we to, to finally... You know, watch football. I mean, it's been so weird to not have preseason, even as much as none of us really like preseason games. It does kind of at least get you ready for the season. We won't have that, but uh, we do have football on Sunday. Yeah, who knew? I missed the preseason. I never thought I would say that, but uh, just getting ready <laughs> right. for it, like kind of the dry run and seeing guys actually how they look in certain you know packages and schemes and on defense, all the new guys. And the Raiders have a lot of new guys this year, so I am definitely looking forward to seeing how these guys look on Sunday. Yeah, I think for me, coming from college, I was kind of used to not having actual games up to this point, but I definitely just missed in general being able to see some live football. And, you know, from the times that we've been at practice, I don't think we ever saw any live tackling. So just seeing some guys get hit, don't want anybody to get hurt or anything, but when I want to hear some, some shoulder pads pop and see some guys get laid out a few times or, or something, you know, going this long without football, but uh, especially excited, you know, getting a chance to go there in person in Charlotte to be my first time in a stadium covering for an actual game since like December, 2019. So definitely pumped to get out there for that. I just missed the hype of preseason and you know, people are excited about Brian Edwards, uh, but imagine the hype around Edwards if there was a preseason and it, and it had a couple of big games. But I definitely don't miss writing, you know, like a 2,000-word article about a seventh-round rookie that will end up getting cut anyways. Yeah, the hype of the preseason is definitely missing from this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where, you know, I just feel off, you know, having not seen Brian Edwards at all. I mean, I haven't maybe seen a clip or two uh, online or whatever, but not not there in Vegas, so I'm not seeing the practices. It, it, ju- it just feels weird. Some of these guys, are like, you, you don't even feel like that you, you have any connection to him yet without having seen him. So I think for Ted and I, that that's probably the weirdest thing is just not getting to watch these guys play. But, you know, hey, we finally get to see it on Sunday. It should be fun. And I mean, what do you guys think of that matchup? I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously one of the, the best players in the NFL. But aside from that, I mean, there's such a new situation there in Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, new new coach. Um, how do you think that matchup kind of fares in the in the Raiders favor? I think their biggest, you know, challenge with the Panthers, they're really not that good of a team on paper, but it's all going to come down to how well they can or, or can't contain Christian McCaffrey. Uh, this is a pretty huge test for their linebacker group. We talked to Corey Littleton today and, you know, he talked about some of the challenges of, of you know, defending a guy that not only is elite on the ground, but also through the air. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on, on Littleton and, and Nick Kwiatkowski to show off all those coverage skills that we've been hearing about all offseason and prove that they can do it, you know, arguably as the, the best burner back in the league. And so but if they can put tabs on him and, and let them to just having a, a all right game, I think it should be a, a game they should be able to win relatively easily. Yeah, to me, it's a great matchup for him because I don't think, you know, I was like, like, like Deshaun said, the Panthers are that good. So new coach, new system, going to be a lot of growing pains for them this year. And for me, it doesn't really matter what McCaffrey does. He can be like, uh, kind of approaching like with the Michael Jordan rules. He can go off, just make sure nobody else in the offense really hurts you. And then your offense should be good enough to outscore them. I think that's, the Panthers' defense is not that good. And I think everything's been built up for the Raiders on offense in terms of the O-line, Derek Carr, third year in the system, Josh Jacobs, the young receivers. They should be able to score points. 
I won't say at will, but uh, they should be able to able to score enough points to win this game. I think. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Panthers secondary. I mean, there's tons of turnover. I mean, right now, just looking at their roster, it looks like they're going to be starting a rookie corner, Troy Pride Jr. And I don't think they have anybody that could guard Darren Waller. I think he could have a huge game. I think they have some beef on a defensive line. But other than that, I think the Raiders should have a pretty good outing. Conditions-wise, there uh, there is scattered thunderstorms in the forecast. So uh, that will be, I guess, something to look out for. But, I mean, obviously, whenever scattered thunderstorms are in the forecast, you, you kind of can't really predict. Is it is it just going to be hot and humid? Are you going to get some wetness? But, uh, but we'll see what it's like on Sunday. Uh, in terms of how prepared the Raiders are, you know, finally have to put out uh, an injury report. And we've been wondering what's going on with Trent Brown, you know, really all training camp. Finally finding out that it is a calf injury that he is uh, limited by. But I would think, you know, just based on who we know he is, he should be fine on Sunday. And uh, when the lights are really on, he'll be ready to roll. Yeah, that's what I think. I think he'll be fine. I mean, I think they expect him to play. I think he's in good shape. So I think that won't be an issue. I think the only other name on the injury list that really popped out to me was uh, Damon Arnett with obviously both the uh, the hand issue we discussed last week, but also to the groin also. So he was limited today in practice. So he'd be a key guy because he's actually, you know, starting for them at, at cornerback right away. All right, well, we wanted to have a little fun here as we get ready for the season, so uh, we'll have a story to, to kind of accompany this, where all of us, uh, the four of us, along with Marcus Thompson, took a stab at, at picking some over and unders. Everybody always does the over-under on the win total, and uh, the Raiders, I think by, by many counts, uh, there's an over-under of 7.5, which... I think most people feel pretty confident in, in picking the over there. I know all of us in choosing that uh, pick the over. I think we all feel like this team kind of the, the low bars eight and eight and, and we'll see how good the defense is to determine if they can go above that. But uh, we wanted to go a little step beyond that and, and pick some over unders on, on player stats. And so we kind of use some help from our fantasy team. Uh, Jake Seeley does uh, projections. Uh, you can get, check out the whole fantasy football draft guide. Although I'm sure most of you guys, all of you guys have already drafted already, but we went and took his projected stats and, decided to to go over under on uh, on some of those so kind of like a prop bet over under deal we're not going to go through all of them here on the show but uh want to talk about a few of them and we'll start of course with the quarterback Derek Carr his projected stats for 2020 4164 yards and 26.2 touchdowns we were all a little bit split on this what do you guys think about those two numbers yeah, I think I'm, I was probably higher than most on Derek Carr. I think those passing yards, I, I think I said over under just because uh, I think that's probably around what he'll have. But I do think he has a chance, even without Tyrell Williams, to sort of push that that touchdown number closer to 28 or 29 or maybe even 30. I think, you know, last season they moved the ball well enough to, to be in that sort of range and just couldn't seal drives often enough in the red zone. Um, I think, you know, he has an improved, you know, receiving core this year. Obviously, you know, there's two rookies, so you have to see how they pan out. But, you know, with Darren Waller coming back, with Jason Witten, Foster Moreau healthy again, the backfield, you know, they're planning to get Josh Jacobs a little bit more involved in the passing game as well. So I think the weapons are there. And, you know, as long as Trent Bound is healthy, the offensive line would be good enough for him to have, you know, a really good season. And I think that's the expectation. This is kind of like his his prove year and, and show that he can kind of recapture some of that magic that he used to have back when he was a sort of a friend MVP candidate. I chose over on both. I, I think he could surpass those numbers just with the running game being as strong as it is, offensive line being as strong as it is, having Darren Waller and just more stability going into this year than last year. So I, I can see him going over on both numbers. 
I think I had the same thing. I think I'm all aboard the uh, Derek Carr hype train. I think um, you mentioned the O-line to me. That's the biggest deal. His confidence is key. So if he's confident, he'll have time to make plays, and he should be able to make plays. And even if the rookies aren't up to the challenge right away, they have enough depth at receiver where he should be able to have enough weapons plus Darren Waller to, uh, to air it out. So I think Derek Carr has a big year. Yeah, I did take the under just because, I mean, the projections there, he's calling for a career high in, in passing yards, which, I mean, he certainly could do. And then the, the touchdowns at six more than what he's averaged in two seasons under John Gruden. And certainly things project for him to be better this year, for him to be statistically better, for everything to be better. But if we're talking about putting money on the line, I'm just going to go with the track record and say that generally he's right in the 3,900 to slightly over 4,000 range. And generally he's in the the low 20 range uh, in terms of touchdowns. So I pick the under basically just on that's what his history is. And I still think as deep as this receiver core is, there's not provenness in it. You know, there's nobody that you can just say, I know without a doubt is going to be a reliable weekend, week out receiver. And that's why I went ahead and picked the under. All right, Josh Jacobs. I think we are all very high on Josh Jacobs. His projected stats, 1,208 yards, so 1,208 yards, 9.2 touchdowns, 41.2 catches. Yeah, I also have like all the overs. I think, um, John's going to ride him like he did kind of like Williams back in the day in Tampa. I think he'll be the main bell cow guy. I'll get what is it, 42 catches, I think we said. That would be over. So I think he's going to have a big year. I just think, um, like I mentioned before, that I think John's upset he wasn't rookie of the year. I think that's a real thing. He wants to prove everybody wrong. I think Josh is definitely in great shape and definitely uh, wants to prove also he's durable. Last year he played hurt and couldn't finish the year. But I think he also has a chip on his shoulder. So I think it's going to be a big year for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I had him at the over with the rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. I know he set the goal for himself of catching 60 passes, but I think that's a little bit too high, you know, considering all the other weapons that they have. I think I have him right around 40, maybe a little bit under 40, just because not only, you know, at receiver and tight end do they have more weapons, but in the backfield, you know, you have Jalen Richard. He's probably still the best receiving option coming out of the backfield. And Devontae Booker is, is talented in that area as well. So I don't know that they need Jacobs to necessarily catch, you know, 50, 60 passes this year. Yeah, I got over on rushing yards and touchdowns. I mean, he has one of the best run blocking offensive lines in football. We know that he could play through injury, playing through that shoulder injury all last season. And the passing game is good enough to where you can't load up the box consistently. We saw last year this guy is potentially a, a top five running back in the league. So I, I see him going over and just having a, a pretty monster sophomore season. Yeah, I, I did the same as you two, uh, over on the, the yards and the touchdowns, under on the receptions, basically all the same reasons. I think as long as he's healthy and productive over you know most of a 16-game season, and we saw the way he toughed his way through last year with a shoulder injury, I mean, there's no way he shouldn't get the, the 1,200 or so yards, and, and I think they'll uh, they'll find him in the end zone a lot more. So, yeah, definitely expecting a big year out he of him. He might have uh, six catches on Sunday against uh, Whitehead, so maybe off to a big start in the receptions area. That's actually one of the points I made here is that I think for him to hit the over on the receptions, it has to kind of start early. If he has a, a big game or two early and they kind of see, all right, this guy is going to be really dynamic and, and maybe give us something different in the passing game that we don't get from Richard, then that that could lead to them targeting him a lot more in the in the passing game and kind of allowing him to hit that over. It's about to have Whitehead tr- tracking me down in the press box. Right? He's about to take me out. You keep talking crap about this man. Leave him alone. You can't knock because it's quarantine. You can't come get me. I'm, I'm, I'm in the clear. You can come get me. I'm in the press box. <laughs> Tahir's going to be walking around the press box before the game. He's like, Vic here. 
Vic here? Vic here? No. Let me get on that Zoom call. He knows it's all love. It's all love. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's a good matchup for the Raiders. I'm not, nothing against Tahir. That's a good matchup for the Raiders. That's all. All love. All love. You're just bad. <laughs> all love. They're just going to torture you. It doesn't feel like love, but sure. He's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. I'm saying it's all, all love. All love. All right. On to the rookie receivers now. And I think this is probably where people are, are, are so focused on. Henry Ruggs III, 60 and a half catches, 890.7 yards, 6.7 touchdowns. I'm going to say under, I think he'll get around 800 yards, but getting close to 900 yards, I think is just asking a, a lot for a rookie in, in a running type of offense. So I'm going under with Ruggs. Yeah, I have uh, all three unders, I believe, across the board. I think uh, he could have a good year. I think uh, we'll see how, how he adjusts. I think it'll be a lot of growing pains. But uh, and he obviously, as a top-end speed, I'll be impacting defenses right away. But I think that's a lot to ask. I think they're going to spread the ball out a little bit. They'll run the ball a lot. They'll still see three tight end sets every now and then. So I'm not sure I see those bigger numbers for him in, in his first year. Yeah, I believe I went under on the yardage. I just think a lot of his receptions, I think he'll have a higher reception number but it's going to be a lot of slants and, and shorter routes obviously you'll have you know go routes but uh you know I, I think teams are fairly aware of how fast he is and they're going to be accounting for that and won't leave him in too many one-on-one situations out there on a perimeter so i think he you know he has a chance to maybe score more touchdowns and and have more receptions than what was projected but i think that yardage total is a little bit high I decided to go all in on rugs and, and go over across the board. Uh, although I actually, I, I could see him hitting the over on the 890.7 yards, but actually the under on the catches, if he makes enough big plays, if he, you know, can break a few 60, 70 yard uh, uh, touchdown catches. I think seven touchdowns is reasonable. I, I have him kind of like basically right in that, like 65 yard, uh, 65 catch, 900, 950 yards, seven touchdowns. So just kind of slightly over, just uh, go all in on rugs. Uh, Gruden has his, uh, his Tyree kill and he's going to use him. All right. Now on to the other rookie receiver, uh, Brian Edwards, 54.4 catches, 780 yards, four and a half touchdowns for the guy who has uh, received probably the most hype uh, from everybody except for John Gruden uh, out of training camp. Yeah, I think I went under on all three of these. I think he's going to have a good rookie season, but I, I think those numbers, again, are a little bit high. Um, I know he's been tearing it up in, in training camp, and everybody's excited about that. But uh, I, I do think I want to, as, as we said earlier in the podcast, haven't seen him in preseason games. I want to see how he looks in live action. And just kind of what I talked about with Jacobs, I just think there's so many options that they have that it's kind of hard to see two rookie receivers hitting those high numbers in, in both of these categories, in all these categories. So I think he ends up finishing under, but still has a productive and strong rookie season considering where he was drafted. Well, since I took the under in all three for Ruggs, I believe I took the over in all three for Edwards. I think um, the main reason I did that was because just of the position he plays, I think he's really the only true X they have right now. So I think he'll play a lot just because of that. And I think they, they like his hands and his ability to make plays in the air. So I can see him being a third down target for Derek once Derek really has it full trust in him. So I think uh, it's a big year. I think those numbers are uh, not big enough where I can't go over in, in all three. Yeah, I think I am going under, but I, I think he'll probably finish around 600 to 700 yards. Like Vic said, he's going to be the X. I think he's the only receiver that has an X type of body on the Raiders roster, but I just don't know if he's going to get enough opportunities to uh, really go over on those numbers in his first year. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just so much hype around him and everybody is is 
it seems like some fans are more excited about him than Henry Ruggs, and maybe that'll be justified. But I took the under on both catches and yards, but I went over on the touchdowns, four and a half. I mean, I think with his size, there's no reason he shouldn't be a, a good red zone target for the Raiders. And so five touchdowns, six touchdowns seems reasonable for me. So I can see under on the yards, under on the catches, but uh, but he finds the end zone uh, a decent amount for the Raiders. I think one of the reasons fans are higher on him than Ruggs is because he's like, you know, third round guy. You can say, oh, I was on him the whole way. He was the first round. I had him with a first-round grade, and I, so you can kind of say you knew the whole time, whereas Ruggs, he was obviously a top guy, first-round. You can't really say you were in on Ruggs from the beginning because everybody was. So I think that's kind of the underdog status for the uh, Edwards that people like, I think, for fans as far as getting fired up for the season. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. What's up, everybody? I want to talk to you about Fubo TV. The NFL season is here. The Chiefs and Texans kick it off Thursday night, and your Raiders are getting ready to head to Carolina for Sunday's season opener against Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. Unfortunately, fans won't be able to go to Sunday's game or any of the games in Vegas this season, but that's where Fubo TV comes in. They've got a family plan available where three people can watch at once, or their standard base plans with two screens at once. And right now, we can get you 15% off. Fubo TV offers 30 hours of DVR storage, local broadcasts, and NBC Sports is included on the national feed. 2020 has been a rough year for a lot of us, personally, financially, everything. But if you're looking for a deal on your TV package, $50 is a lot more affordable than other cable providers. With the NFL season around the corner, Fubo TV will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash State of the Nation and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash State of the Nation today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash State of the Nation getroman.com slash state of the nation. Do you guys remember March? Feels like it was about 10 years ago, right? I don't think any of us who have endured 2020 will forget that feeling of the sports world and really our normal everyday lives being shuttered. That's why this week is so exciting. Yes, sports have been back for a little while now, but nothing signals the return of sports quite like the start of the NFL season. And as John Gruden and the Raiders get set for their debut season in Las Vegas, you don't want to miss exclusive in-depth coverage of the silver and black and everything across the sports world. Subscribe now to The Athletic and you can save big time. 
Go to theathletic.com slash state of the nation, and you can receive an all access subscription for $1 a month. That's right, $1 a month. That's all the stories, all the features, all the breaking news, all the live Q&As, and all the podcasts. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. Again, that's at theathletic.com slash state of the nation. Theathletic.com slash state of the nation. We hope you check it out. All right, let's uh, let's go to Darren Waller, the tight end. 72.3 catches, 860.4 yards, 5.2 touchdowns. Remember, he only had three touchdowns last year, as good as he was. So uh, what do you guys think on, on Darren Waller? I had him over on all three of these. You know, he kind of cements himself as one of the better tight ends in the game this season. Um, I also think he scores. I think probably the only deficiency you can say he had last season was only having three touchdowns, I believe. I think he doubles that number. I think an issue that he had later on in last season was teams were able to just load up on him because they knew he was pretty much the only you know, main receiving threat that they had. But now this year with the improved receiving core and the deeper tight end room, I think that'll open things up for a little, for him a little bit more and allow him to find a little bit more success, especially in the red zone. I was going to mention the matchup against the linebacker this weekend, but I won't do that. That's 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 uncalled for. So I'm just going to say three touchdowns. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah, I think the overs on Darren Waller. I think um, to me. He's a top three, top four tight end in the NFL. I think one of the reasons, the main reasons why I think his offense is going to be so good because I think in him, Josh Jacobs is probably a top eight running back. you got two legitimate big-time star players who uh, teams, even if they're expecting him, won't be able to deal with him. So I think Darren Waller is a big year, I think, um, over in, in all three. Yeah, I got over in all three, too. Waller's the Raiders' number one target. I think he's just going to pick up where he left off last year. I don't think he's going to be put up huge touchdown numbers, but I definitely think he's going to go over five touchdowns but yeah i just think that the raiders have too many targets in the, the, the red zone i mean i think they, they like going to foster Moreau in the red zone i think jason Witten's going to get some targets in the red zone as well so i, I don't think his i don't think he's going to go over 10 touchdowns or anything but he'll, he'll be over five all right i went over on the catches and yards and under on the touchdowns just because if i'm taking car going under 26 touchdowns and if i'm thinking edwards gets five and i think rugs gets seven and you figure Foster Moreau is going to steal away a few again this year. Jason Witten's going to steal away a few. I'm just kind of expecting Waller to end up being pretty similar to last year where he gets a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and a lot of yards, a lot of catches, but maybe not the touchdowns. I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if he threw five games already has five or six touchdowns. But uh, I'm if I'm putting money on it, I'm going to go ahead and take the under just uh, just to be a little different there. Couple quick defensive guys before we uh, wrap it up. We broke down a few more offensive guys in the article, so make sure you check that out. But um, we'll go on to defensive end Max Crosby. His projected sack total of nine. What do you guys think about that? One fewer than what he had in his rookie year. I took the over only because I think he'll be a marked man this year. I think it won't be as easy for him to to make a splash. But I think his work ethic and his moves, he should be able to get at least 10 again. I think so. I think the, I'm not going way over, but I'm going over nine. Yeah, I'm going over as well. Um, I know he kind of, you can maybe say his numbers were a little boosted last year with a performance against the Bengals having four sacks in that game. But I think since he hit 10, you know, as a part-time starter, I I would imagine this first season as a full-time starter, he could probably at least match that number again, probably end up having more, you know, particularly, um, you know, if the defensive line is improved across the board like it's expected to be with some of the offseason additions, um, that should help 
you know, prevent teams from even though, though they know that he's a threat, they can't key in him on too much on him too much without um, allowing some other guys to, to cause some havoc in the backfield. So I, I think he finishes over. Yeah, I would say over, but not by much. I think he might get 10, 11 sacks. I think his sack numbers were a little inflated last year just because his pressure rate number was so low compared to his sack numbers. So he definitely has to make improvements as a, a pass rusher, but I think he has the athletic ability to do it. You know, I think he'll be a little bit over. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw his just kind of his athleticism take over really as the season went along last season. I'm sure that Bengals game with four sacks really kind of helped boost him. You know, we, we talk about Cleland Furl and what he can develop into as a guy getting sacks, but Crosby looks like a guy who, you know, 10 sacks should be a reasonable annual expectation. And to me, the question is, is he a guy that can elevate to the 12, the 13, the 15, and, and really hit the uh, the elite pass rusher stage? Um, not sure if he'll get there. Not sure if he'll get there this year. But, you know, 10, 11, I, I think is, is a pretty fair uh, estimate for him. All right. And speaking of Cleland Furl, this will be our last one. Uh, again, you guys can check out the article to read the rest of our over-unders. Cleland Furl, nobody's really out there taking prop bets on Cleland Furl, so I kind of just uh, put a put a projection on this one, at least that I could find online. So I, I picked this projection of five and a half sacks. It would be one more than what he had as a rookie when everybody kind of was disappointed with the rookie season. Can he can he get one more than he got last season? That was that was your line. That was your line you set. Yeah, I wow. said that. Well done. That's a that's a great line. That's a we call it tra- that's a trap line because like you guys say, oh, I had four and a half last year. He's put on thirteen pounds of muscle. He's faster. It's an obvious over. Aha! It's a tra- <laughs> it's a trap. It's not an obvious trap. over because we really know taking your money exactly. You, you, you tricked us all. I think you don't really know where he's going to be on third downs. Is he going to be outside? Is he going to move inside? Because now they have Arden Key and Carl Nassib outside along with Max. So I'm not sure he'll have the same opportunities he had last year. Plus, last year you say he had four and a half sacks, even though it wasn't a great year. But two and a half of those came again in the game where I think I was blocking him. So um, <laughs> that's kind of a flukish four and a half also. So I think it's a. I think it'll be better this year. It'll be much improved from, from last year. But I'm going under on the five and a half sacks. Going over. Forget what Vic's talking about. No, I think he. Um, I think that's a, a very realistic number for him. Um, I know he. You know, a lot of people were disappointed in his performance last season. I don't think he was bad. I just think he was average last season. Um, Obviously, he's been physically improved this offseason. He looks noticeably bigger. Um, That doesn't always equate to sacks. But I do think both playing inside and outside, um, giving them a couple of different looks in their front um, as they mix it up. And then just the improved defensive line as a whole, having Lee Collins there and Carl Nassib. I think he can hit that number. I don't think he'll go you know, too high over it, maybe around six sacks or so, but I think he can hit the over. Yeah, I think I'll go over with him. Last year, he didn't really get his footing trying to rush inside, and they even took him out, started taking him out of pass rush situations towards the end of last season for you know Deion Jordan. But I think this season, with the added weight, he'll be a more effective rusher inside, and I don't think they'll take him out off the field this year. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to be successful. I think... You know, if he lives up to his potential, I, I think his potential is around an eight sack type of guy. So I, I can see him going over maybe six or seven sacks this season. I took the over. Um, maybe I'm I'm throwing away my own money, but uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> at least I, at least at least I'm collected some while I'm throwing away mine. But um, no, I mean, I think he's a guy that as long as he's durable and out there each week, you know, I, I see. I think he's going to just kind of keep gradually improving I and mean, he's never going to look like a, a number four overall pick and i think 
that's going to be the the label he's going to always have to to try to shake. But this obviously is one that could easily push. But yeah, I went ahead and took the over. He's a guy I would have loved to see in the preseason. That's a guy I really want to see what it looked like against somebody else besides his own teammates. So there's so many guys this Sunday I'm, I'm dying to see what they look like against you know the enemy, and he's one of them. I just think um, we have no idea. We have no idea what to expect from him or from really from the linebackers or the young DBs. It's going to be a fascinating game on Sunday. You know, and speaking of who we missed getting to to not have getting to see by not having a preseason, a guy who we haven't discussed yet is no longer a Raider. Lynn Bowden, the third round pick, uh, shipped off to Miami uh, before ever playing a game. The Raiders paid him a signing bonus, and now he's he's off to Miami. He's never going to suit up for them. It was. You know, something that I, I think was fairly shocking for Raider fans. Uh, you for all the, the kind of hype around him after you picked him. I mean, Tashawn had him starting at quarterback and kicking Derek Carr <laughs> to the sideline. And uh, he was just a guy that, you know, kind of as a gimmick gadget type player, you, you got kind of excited about. He was a guy that might be able to play a little wildcat, running back, receiver, quarterback. They can deny what, what Vic reported, that there was some off-the-field concerns, but obviously that's what they're going to say publicly. They're not going to acknowledge any of that. And so they can say it was all just that he, he didn't pick up the offense well. He wasn't going to be a good fit. They took a chance. It didn't work out. But still relatively shocking to to trade a guy before he ever plays a game for you. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the last time I, I've seen that happen. Yeah, I thought, you know, back when the draft happened, I thought it was a little bit of a, a weird pick. Um, I thought that they might you know, pursue a, probably a, a bigger running back, like somebody could help out in short yardage take situations and take some of the load off of Jacobs. That's, that's not Lynn Bowden at all. Like you say, he's more of a, a gadget type guy, not a true running back. You know, he's a wildcat quarterback and, and wide receiver in college. And I think just, you know, as, as we saw throughout training camp, he wasn't that dynamic athletically. Uh, he didn't look all that fast uh, compared to, you know, NFL competition as he did, you know, starring at Kentucky. And then when you pair that with some of the off-field things that he had going on, it just didn't make sense to keep him in the end. I don't think it was as big of a deal as a lot of people made it out to be when the trade happened. And I, I think they, you know, getting McMillan back, the linebacker from the Dolphins, even though he had some questions in pass coverage, I think they needed that sort of linebacker on the roster. They didn't really have a run-stopping linebacker who's who's built a little bit bigger. You know, Littleton and, and Kwiatkowski aren't the biggest linebackers in the world, and, and they, I think they got an additional pick out of that. And so I don't think it was, you know, the world is an ending because they, they traded Lynn Bowden like a lot of people were making it out to be. But it's definitely not an ideal situation when you, you know, using a third round pick and you never see him on the field. You get that brand new Huffy bike for Christmas and you take it out and the back tire is flat. I mean, this, that's a pretty much a bummer. But he was a guy who they had big plans for. I know they, they say, you know, they're going to bring him along slowly, but they, they ran out of patience. I think you just don't eat, was it, a $980,000 signing bonus and a, a worse, you know, they take a worse draft pick back because you ran out of patience with him on, on the football field. So I think there obviously were other issues, which I wrote about. I think um, if it's a bad pick, fine. But also, you got to give these guys credit. They realized they made a mistake pretty early on and they tried to correct it as fast as they could. So I give them points for that. So, um, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing all the, the gadgetry, all the, the weird kind of uh, maybe, you know, some Wildcat stuff. And uh, But now with him gone and Mariota gone, it's going to be a pretty boring offense again. So uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But uh, it would have been fun to see those guys actually get mixed into this offense. Yeah, it's just odd that, you know, he was seen as this experimental, developmental-type player, but they never took the time to really develop him. So... I mean, he was making a big position change, too. You know, he never really played running back. 
before too so i don't know how fast they expected him to make that transition but yeah just unfortunate that uh, we don't get to see the lynn bowden wildcat package all right guys before we get out of here we have to make our season predictions uh you know the over under like, like i said set at seven and a half we all took the over let's give our win totals and let's give our uh, our predictions for sunday uh to sean what's the raiders record going to be this year and does it start with a win yeah, I have them at nine and seven. I'm, I'm gonna stick with my projection when we when we had them earlier in the summer. We had our season preview come out on the site today, and that's what I had them at as well. And I think they'll sneak in as a wild card team with the expanded format, make the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Um, and I think that's a success for the season. I think they do win against the Panthers this weekend. I just I just think the Panthers just aren't very good. Like of course McCaffrey, you know he could have a monster game, and with the NFL, you never know week to week. But I, I think that's a game that the Raiders end up winning. Yeah, I also have them at nine and seven. I think uh, we're thinking the same things. I think this is a must win game for me. I know it sounds foolish to say week one, but the next four games are pretty tough. So I think you got to beat the teams you should beat. The offense should be uh, dynamic and should be able to move against the Panthers. So I'm going uh, 38-24 is my score. I think they put a lot of points on the board, and uh, John Gruden's in a good mood come uh, Sunday night. Yeah, I got them going 10-6. and six. I think this is a must-win game because this Panthers team just does not have a lot of talent on it. They are going through a coaching change. The Raiders have continuity on their side, and they have to be able to, uh, to win this first game against probably one of their the easier games on the schedule this season. I wish I could, you know, be different than than the 9 and 7, uh, 10 and 6 prediction, but 9 and 7 is what I got them at as well. I mean, it, like I said, the 8 and 8 seems like the absolute floor. If they go any worse than that, uh, something really went wrong and and you're kind of questioning the whole Derek Carr, John Gruden regime, but uh, I mean, I feel like this is the year they can get over the hump a little bit. 9 and 7 and it starts with a 28-21 win in Carolina on Sunday. All right, guys. Well, uh, we don't have time to take any questions this week. Uh, we wanted to get into a lot more of the season preview type stuff, but uh, we will definitely take some questions uh, next week as we head into week two. I hope you check out the new features on the Athletic app. Uh, we're going to be using the uh, the real-time feed uh, sometimes to uh, solicit questions. So uh, I put a call out there uh, you know, for this show, but I know uh, the app, everything's new uh, for you subscribers that are checking it out. So uh, get used to it a little bit. I'll probably be putting out some calls there uh, to get some questions in uh to answer on the podcast but um you know hey everybody get excited for sunday football is back and we will have post game show recorded on sunday i believe it'll be up online monday morning to uh to get you all uh excited and fired up after uh the raiders season opener I just want to add a quick uh, thank you to everybody who subscribed. Uh, we announced we hit 1 million subscribers. That's uh, pretty phenomenal, and we're all excited about that. And thank you to everybody who uh, supported us and, uh, and believed in us. I'm going to start crying up. I'm going to start tearing up. So uh, <laughs> I'll stop. Yeah, thank you so much for subscribing and let us do, a, do our job. We uh, appreciate all of you guys. Yeah, appreciate y'all. All right, let's raise a toast to all you guys out there and uh, enjoy Sunday. I know we all are ready for it.